0: Residency and tax is an area I do present on a lot. It's an area that I've written a few articles about, uh, including my article on the Spice Girls. I'm very proud to say that if you Google the Spice Girls and Paula Byrne, that something actually appears because I absolutely adore the Spice Girls. but in all seriousness, it is a very examinable area. So my podcasts are all very examinable areas, I have to say. And I've just honed in on the peculiar rules that could throw you a little bit and the rules that you need to be aware of. So let's kick off with What makes somebody resident? If somebody spends 183 days in Ireland, they are resident. They don't have to be here all day. They have to be here at any time of the day. That doesn't have to be a particular years ago. They had to be here at a certain time. That doesn't apply anymore. It doesn't have to be 183 consecutive days. So. If you are here for 183 days at any time of those days, well then you are deemed you are resident for that year. That's the first way you can be resident. The second way you can be resident is under what we call the look back rule, which means if you don't fulfill the 183 day rule, there is a second way that you can be resident. And that is if you are here this year and last year, when you add up the total number of days that you were here for both of those years, and for both of those years, the combined total is 280 days. Well, then you may be resident under the lookback rule. There is a second condition. The second condition of the lookback rule is that you must have spent a minimum of 30 days in both years, both this tax year and last tax year. So to recap under the look back rule, you can be resident if you are here for 280 days combined this year and last year and a minimum of 30 days both years. That's the residency side. The second part is, Uh, I want to look at ordinary resident. So if you're ordinary resident, it means that you've been resident for three years and you become ordinary resident at the beginning of the fourth year. It takes you three years to become ordinary resident and it takes you three to lose it. So you'd have to be non-resident for three years and then you would lose your ordinary residency status at the beginning of the fourth year. And then finally, we have Domicile. So what does that mean? Well, you can be domicile of origin, of choice, or of dependency. Right, so let's kick in now that we've done the science bit to the rules around income tax. Now, I'm going to examine just two areas on all the taxes, and that is somebody who is Irish resident, Irish domicile and Irish ordinary resident. And I'm also going to look at the person who is non domicile. Okay, so that's what I'm going to concentrate on. So the first one is me. I have a big paddy head on me. I am Irish domicile. I'm Irish resident. I'm Irish ordinary resident. And unfortunately, I am taxed in Ireland on my worldwide income. Now, there may, I may also be taxed if I have rental property, for example, in France, I may also be taxed in France on that rental income. However, because if there is a country that we have a double taxation agreement with, I can claim credit for that, the tax I have paid in France in my Irish tax return. Okay, so that's what you would expect with somebody like myself, the big paddy head. Okay, and now we get into the very exciting area of the person who is non-domicile. Now, if you are non-domicile and you are resident in Ireland, and it actually doesn't matter whether you're ordinary resident or not. So you're non-dom, but you are Irish resident, you will be taxed on your Irish source income. Any income you earn in Ireland, whether it is employment income, whether it is rental income, you will be taxed on that. And that makes sense, I think. Now, you are also taxed on a remittance basis. And what does remittance mean? It means money you bring into the country. So let's say in France, I have a rental, as I said, I, let's say I have a rental property in France. I don't, but let's say I did. And the non-dom had the apartment next door. They would not have to pay Irish tax on any rental income unless they brought it into the country, into Ireland. And if they do, well then they have to pay Irish tax on it. Now let's turn our eye to the area of CGT and what are the rules around CGT. So Just to remind you, CGT is a tax we pay when we offload chargeable assets, whether we gift them to somebody or whether we sell them. So me again, big paddy head on me. I am Irish domicile, I am Irish resident and I am Irish ordinarily resident. I will be taxed on my worldwide gains. So you know that apartment I was telling you about in France? Let's say I sold it. If I sold it well, then I am liable to pay Irish CGT on that. And likewise, let's move our um, attention to the non domicile person, the non domicile person who is resident in Ireland. And they are taxed on their Irish source gains and remittances into Ireland. So let's say they sold a property in Cork. They would have to pay Irish CGT on that that makes sense. But the apartment next door to mine in France, when they sold it, they do not have to pay Irish CGT on that unless they remit the funds back into Ireland, and then they'll be taxed on the game. Now another area I'd like to cover in CGT is for the person who is not resident, they're not ordinarily resident, and sure look, it makes no difference whether they're domicile or not. They are taxed on the disposal of an Irish specified asset. So this potentially could relate to somebody who's never been to Ireland in their lives, but they happen to have an Irish specified asset. And if they do, well, then they and they dispose of it. Well, then they have to pay Irish CGT on it. Now, it's very interesting to, well, I think it's very interesting to look at what is an Irish-specified asset. An Irish-specified asset is land and buildings. We love our land and buildings. So if somebody uh, outside of Ireland, let's say, for simplicity's sake, and they sell land or buildings in Ireland, well, then Irish CGT is payable on that. Minerals and any rights or interests in assets in relation to mining or minerals, are they searching for minerals in the state, Ireland, that is also a specified asset. And also assets situated in Ireland, which are used are required to be used for the purposes of trade carried out in Ireland. That is also a specified asset. So to recap for examination purposes, which of these specified assets would be the most examinable? In my humble opinion, it would be land and buildings and assets, not shares, assets. So a sole trade assets situated in Ireland, which are used or required to be used for the purpose of trade here. So this could be, for example, somebody lives in London, let's say, and they have a sole trade business in Ireland and they own the underlying assets. So it's not shares, it is assets and they sell those assets well then they are specified assets and they would have to pay Irish CGT on them. So the anomaly of that is, if you are non-DOM and non-resident, and non-ordinarily resident, that you can potentially sell an asset in Ireland and not pay Irish CGT on it, as long as it's not a specified asset. So as long as it doesn't fall into those categories, well then you're okay. So what would be one of those categories? Well, let's say you have a Jack B. Yates painting that you keep in Dublin, say, in somebody's house on the wall, and you decide you're going to sell that. It's an asset that is in Ireland. However, you do not have to pay Irish CGT on that because it is not a specified asset. Okay, and the next area I want to have a look at are the capital acquisition tax rules. Now the capital acquisition tax rules again are very similar. So me, big paddy head on me, I receive a gift or an inheritance in China, I have to pay Irish capital acquisition tax on that. Big paddy head, I pay tax here. Okay. Now, what about if you are non-domicile? Well, if you are non-domicile, you also potentially will have to pay tax, capital acquisition tax, on your worldwide gifts that you receive or inheritances. So that's, that's a very, 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 very different rule to the um, CGT rule and the income tax rule. Okay. However, For the purposes of capital acquisition tax, a non domiciled person who is in receipt of foreign assets will only be considered to be resident in Ireland for the purposes of this very special rule, only if they've been in the state for five years. For five years. Okay, so that's a very special rule around non doms on foreign assets. Okay. So the key test in determining whether a gift or inheritance um, is a taxable gift or inheritance here in Ireland will be the residency status of either the disponer or the, the disponee. So in other words, foreign gifts or inheritances are taxable here if either if either the disponer or the disponee is resident, right. however what the residency rule around that is five consecutive years for either the disponer or the disponee, so the disponer or the disponee must be resident for five consecutive years preceding the year of assessment in which the disposal occurs. Okay. So that is totally different to the income tax rules. Uh, Just to throw in at the end here, stamp duty. So stamp duty is a tax you pay when you receive something or whether you have bought something, whether you've been gifted it or whether you have bought it. And it's payable on any written document that's executed in Ireland, executed in Ireland, or relates to any property in Ireland. So let's say my French property. I am going to gift or sell indeed my gift property to Sheila down the road. She lives down the road for me here in Dublin. Does Sheila have to pay Irish stamp duty on that? And the answer is no, she doesn't, because the deed of transfer will be executed in France. It won't be executed here. There may be French tax to pay in it, but there will not be Irish tax, to, Irish stamp duty to pay in that. And that is a very, very quick um, summary or synopsis of the more examinable rules in um, residency and the like. And just to remind you, and I don't say it enough on my podcast. In fact, this is the first time I'm going to mention it and that I am the author of the only ACCA approved books in Ireland, the approved tax books in Ireland. So I write it for both the lower down the tax paper and the advanced tax paper. And we have question and answers also available book. And they have been through a very rigorous process by the ACCA examining team, I can tell you, and also similar situation for the CPA. So the only core reading approved uh, by CPA for their advanced tax for the foundation tax, their advanced tax and their advanced tax strategy. Okay, thank you for listening.